What keeps you from spiritual growth? We're supposed to develop and get stronger as believers, stronger in the spirit. What is keeping us from maturing spiritually? That's a great question because, you know, healthy bodies grow. Yeah. You know, something that's alive and is healthy, it's going to grow. Organizations. So right. There's got to be a limitation. If, if it's not growing, then there's something that's limiting that growth. That's right. Yep. But we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we started 1 Corinthians on Saturday. Today's Monday, mm-hmm. of course, but we started on Saturday. You would have started by yourself. But the book of 1 Corinthians was written to the church in Corinth, which would be modern day, well, even back then it would have been it, Greece, right? Yes. Yep. It's a uh, two-port uh, major city in that day and was a wealthy yeah. city. Beautiful area. Mm-hmm. You've never been there, right? I've not. I've no. not been there either. Maybe I'd love, should- love to go. Maybe we should do like a between the lines trip to Corinth yeah, or something good. like that. Let's do that. <laughs> now, I would say this. It's important for you to read those first two chapters. In fact, I'd even encourage you, if you haven't yet, uh, just shut us off and go back and read those two chapters and then pick us up again because they lay the foundation for what we're going to be talking about in chapter three with some of the division that was going on among God's people in Corinth. Yeah. And the reason that Paul's writing to the church in Corinth is Paul helped plant this church. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you imagine that these are his old friends, his old crew that he spent a lot of time with. A lot of the people in this church that are leaders would have been people who were converted under Paul's Paul's teaching and discipleship. And so he's writing to very beloved people, but he's got some hard things to say here in chapter three. Yeah, this is one of his toughest rebukes. First yeah. Corinthians as a whole is one of his toughest rebukes yep. besides maybe Galatians. <laughs> Right. You want to get started? Yep. Uh, and by the way, this is Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And here we go. Verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. There we see Paul answer that. What's <laughs> keeping you from spiritual growth and getting stronger? Your sin, yeah. That, that how'd that be for a sermon, Junior? The next yeah. time we get up and say, "You guys are a bunch of kids. You're just a bunch of children." That's right. That's right. <laughs> I did that one time in counseling. My wife was was there, and she, I said, "You guys are acting like like kids." It was a married couple, and afterwards, my wife says, "You can't say that." And I said, "Well, they are." She goes, "Yeah, they are, but you can't say that." <laughs> Paul did. Yeah, that's right. Because I don't. He didn't have a wife, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> didn't have a filter. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? Verse, um, verse, verse four. Or, uh, he says, halfway into verse yeah, yeah, three. Yeah. He says, you are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I'm a follower of Apollos, aren't you acting like just like the people of this world? After all, who's Apollos? Who's Paul? Now, Apollos would have been a teacher, right? A teacher yeah, of and, God's word. And a, he was, uh, in fact... Uh, a couple of Paul's disciples helped Apollos kind of come around in his understanding of Christ and the Holy Spirit. And that's a, that's a whole other interesting story, but he was a well-known and well-respected Christian leader yeah. and, uh, and very intellectually savvy. And, and people still do this today, just kind of like I align myself with, you know, maybe a certain Christian celebrity, or we can even go with um, well, I'm a this, Calvinist. I'm an Arminian, yeah. <laughs> or this social media guy, yeah. or you know, yeah. whoever. Yeah, says we are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your heart, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's 
it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, you are God's building. And sometimes this is forgotten in Christian work that we are building God's kingdom, not our own. I think there's a lot where the tendency is to want to build my own kingdom, and we're working for the glory of people or the acceptance of people, and he brings it back again. No, we're all supposed to be working together for one purpose and for one God, and that is Jesus. Yeah. You want to take it to the next verse? Sure, verse 10 then. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Few others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no other, no one can lay any other foundation other than the one we have already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. And we shared that in church a couple of weeks ago. It's a great picture. It is. And that this whole idea of like, as you're building your family, as you're building your career, you're building your friendships, relationships, all of that, even serving within the church, um, we are either using materials that will burn up one day Come judgment day, just our, that pursuit won't matter. Or we are building correctly when judgment day does come, we're going to be happy that we spent time doing that. And the the punishment, so, you know, for lack of a better way to describe it, the punishment is really just the loss of any reward. That there's nothing eternal, there's no eternal value in just working towards what's temporary. The eternal value comes in us with the right heart attitude, loving God and serving, doing those things that matter, working towards eternity. Verse 16, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you, which I love that because so often a lot of Christians will actually teach that the temple itself is gone. Well, not really. It simply was transferred to the church. It's the body of Christ that has now become the worship place or the dwelling place of God. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. And again, he's speaking about the church, the body of Christ. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human leader for everything belongs belongs to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life or death or the present and the future, everything belongs to you and you belong to Christ. When he says you, that's you in plural. That is to you as the church. You have this, you bear this responsibility for your service and for what you're doing. And you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. So this is about the church of God in Christ. Yeah. You belong to Christ. Love that. Let's let's remember that today as we go about our day. But before we go about our day, we have Psalm 89. Yeah, another Psalm of Lament. This whole section is that way. But right in the towards the end of this Psalm 89, we have verses 47 and 48, which is a good reminder for all of us. He says, remember how short my life is, how empty and futile this human existence. Whereas we pour everything into this short little life, 
And the more we invest in this temporary life, the more loss we're going to suffer, which Paul talked well, about yeah. in 1 Corinthians 3. Because right. he says in verse 48, no one can live forever. All will die. No one can escape the power of the grave. Right. This life is going to come to an end for all of us. So yeah. what are we investing in? What are we working towards? Are we really living today for what matters in eternity? That's right. We're going to stand before God one day. Let's live today like that is true, because it is. We'll make it a good Monday, and we will see you tomorrow. God bless. God bless.